Welcome to the HR Happy Hour Show with Steve and Trish. Trish, it's summertime. It's hot. I may or may not have decamped to an undisclosed location to enjoy some of the sunshine. So today's question, Trish, kind of related to that. What is your favorite summertime either picnic or barbecue or beach game? Thinking like volleyball, badminton, horseshoes, that, that kind of thing. What's your favorite? Oh, that's a great question, Steve. You come up with the best questions. I love these. I've worked very hard on the questions, Trish. I can tell. So may I have two answers? You may have as many as you like. I'm going to have a vintage answer of that old lawn game, Jarts. Do you remember Jarts? Uh, sure. <laughs> Where you had the little like circle and you threw like a dart, like a large, large dart. But those are very dangerous. I don't think you can Well, get they were taken off the market. They were so dangerous. They were, that's a banned game. I know, but that was a fun one. So here in the Midwest, we do a lot of uh, cornhole. I think that's probably mm -hmm. the best summertime game, right? With the board and you throw the little bean bags across. So a much friendlier and safer version of, of lawn jarts. How about you? Yeah. yeah, there's so many games that have that similar kind of uh, idea. They're the, uh, the goal, right? Throw some sort of object close to some other target object. Uh, I always like bocce quite a bit. I don't know if that's a oh. picnic game necessarily, or uh, that's, that's a good one. At the beach, I like that one with the, the little wooden paddle and you smack the ball back, to, back and forth to each other, like in the surf. That was a good one, too. Oh, right. That is a good one. But, uh, yeah, I like that. So, yeah, I like them all. Cornell's a great game, too. It's good a lot of throwing. Game. Summertime yeah. games involve throwing, it seems like. Yeah. So be careful with those jarts, though, Trish. They, as I recall, <laughs> they were taken off the market due to some very, very unfortunate uh, accidents. So uh, there I'm you go. I'm sure so, they uh, were. I, I wish I had some, and I unfortunately do not. I think we have horseshoes actually here. but Yeah. Yeah. Horseshoes is a great game, too. So all right. Sure. Enough with the fun and games, Trish. We have a great show today. We have a super guest. Um, we do. Let's uh, welcome him. Uh, our guest today is Eric Mosley. He is from, of course, Work Human, who's been graciously sponsoring the show for, for a while this year. Uh, Eric is a visionary for the future of leadership and the modern workplace. He's the acclaimed author of the Crowdsourced Performance Review. And I know we did a happy hour show about that book uh, when it came out. And he's the co-author of the award-winning book, The Power of Thanks. Eric is a regular contributor to Forbes on the topics of recognition and humanity in the workplace. As the CEO and co-founder of WorkHuman, he is a pioneer of the WorkHuman movement and its annual conference, WorkHuman Live which has grown into thousands of attendees leading the charge to dismantle old HR processes and challenge organizations to build new ways to connect the modern workforce. Eric guides some of the most admired global brands in the world on how to create more human-centric workplaces that leverage the way people work today, focusing on employee development, social connections, and organizational communities and teams. I can't really think of a time where that's been more important than right now, but uh, welcome, uh, welcome back to the HR Happy Hour Show. Eric, how are you today? I'm doing well. Hello to, uh, to you, Steve and Trish. Hello. We are so excited to have you on the show. I was, um, just before we went live, I was uh, re reminiscing a little bit. Uh, you have been at least part of the show in some way, shape, or form for 10 years. I think that may be uh, the record, right? For longest, <laughs> longest affiliation <laughs> with our podcast goes to Eric. You need a prize. <laughs> Yeah, we tend to get a lot of those uh, sticking around for a long periods of time awards <laughs> as part of our culture to just be there. 
You know what? I think I think that's actually really quite interesting because uh, I, I was going back through many blogs and some of the podcasts we've done in the past with you and just as, as things have changed and grown. But what was interesting to me just sort of looking back over a decade is that you were talking about things like the impact of culture on organizational performance and happiness on the workplace and all of these things around, you know, just sort of crowdsourcing uh, performance and social recognition for so many years before anyone else was. And so while it might be quite fashionable now for companies to sort of try and, and dip their toe in that water, I mean, you've really been doing this for quite a long time. Can you maybe, you know, give the listeners a little bit of the history of that and kind of how that all came to be? Yeah, well, I think, you know, certainly in the early years, um, talking about those topics felt like, you know, screaming into the wind. Right. <laughs> and uh, maybe the, the, world, the world wasn't ready. Certainly in the last 10 years, it, it, the world has become ready uh, to talk about those topics. Um, no little of that credit, I would say, goes to our um, teams that we have at Work Human in terms of being able to look around recognition and have all of these amazing case studies and proof points and seeing the trend, um, discoveries you can make just looking at the travel of goodwill between employees we've been able to show time and time again a deep bench of kind of um, proof around the effectiveness of, of a more advanced culture. Latter years, certainly it hasn't felt like we were screaming into the wind. It feels like the wind is at our back now. And the, the market is certainly has, has come to us. But in the initial year, it was certainly not um, a topic that was, you know, in every HR conversation like it is now. Yeah, it had to have been uh, difficult to be uh, leading that charge way back when, even around, say, something as, as so ingrained in the organization as the annual performance review. Just, just going, just fighting that battle, right? To say, let's, let's rethink this, let's reimagine it. There's a better way to do this when organizations have been doing it the same way for uh, decades on, right? Uh, in, in many ways, you, you guys have changed the conversation on, on not just that, but on, on many other kind of workplace practices that, that we had all taken for granted for a really, really long time. Yeah, I mean, the conversation has just changed and evolved. I mean, I, I founded uh, uh, Work Human back in, you know, 20, 20 years ago, I'm uh, embarrassed to say. <laughs> and, uh, and in those first 10 years, uh, it was about bringing these social recognition programs to uh, very large companies um, that had employees all over the world. And that was what we were known for uh, because we had global capabilities. Now, kind of one of the secrets about Work Human was because I was, you know, I started the company back in Dublin, Ireland. Well, when you start a company in Ireland, you tend to solve all of those international issues first because the market is so small in Ireland, you're, all of your customers are going to be international in some way. They're either going to be in the UK or mainland Europe or uh, in the US. So our solution was global from the very first day and therefore all of the biggest programs, the biggest um, companies trusted us for their global programs in those early days. That was, our, that was what was synonymous with the Work Human brand. And then because we started to win those customers, which were, you know, had 100,000 employees in 150 countries around the world, we got to see what they did with recognition. And, you know, and in those, all, 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 you know, in those early days, it was about 
much more um, giving awards to the top 10% of, of your, your uh, employee base in terms of performers. Uh, you had things like employee of the month clubs, and it was associated more with uh, incentives. For us, um, we, we were able to see some of the more advanced companies do, do more um, modern and innovative things with recognition. So they were much more social. They were hoping to turn it on its head and make the winner's circle much bigger so that 80 to 90% of the employee base were winning awards. And therefore, everybody was getting energized and lifted by the, rec the recognition program because it was truly social. Um, and when we so then formed mission uh, program and then bring that obviously to more and more companies so then you had two things that was driving our company you had this global capability and then you had this much more modern approach to uh, a more or democratized form of recognition and those two things then we just uh, you know built and built on top of that and in the last 10 years we've just done um um you know unbelievably well um, and now we come into uh, this uh, huge uh, pandemic, this uh, unbelievable crisis. And uh, we're actually having um, so, some of our best um, months um, in history. In April of this year, we were up 40% year over year. Um, and, you know, we're a pretty scaled company. You know, our revenues is, you know, 580 million plus last year. So to grow 40% year over year, um, in April. It's just unbelievable. And in fact, last week, we had our biggest week of all time. Um, wow. And it was just a surge in usage by the 5 million employees on our platform all over the world um, in, in using this, this facility to, to thank one another, to show gratitude in, in the workplace. And obviously, in the middle of a kind of global healthcare crisis and a global um, uh, civil uh, crisis, I would say. So it's just an, an amazing journey. Yeah, I, I think that it's it's so important the way that you um, and your teams have really helped all of these organizations and really all of us, especially in the HR community who were practitioners. I was a practitioner at the time and I remember thinking it was such a unique approach instead of thinking of it, like you mentioned, sort of you know, rewarding your top 10% only. And you were definitely ahead of the game because you were thinking of it holistically. You were also doing um, much more around you know, less hierarchy and more about the connectors in the company. And I think that too really drives the change in the way that practitioners were viewing our own organizations, even if we weren't quite ready for it at the moment. Um, I do think that over, yeah. over the last 10 years, that's, that's certainly changed um, in large part to what, what work, you know, work human has been doing. Um, and I, I'm glad you mentioned the pandemic because I'd love to have Steve and I dive in a little bit deeper with you on that. Um, you know, obviously we're, we're in a time where, this is needed, um, as indicated, you know, by you saying that you're having a, a really good year in terms of the interest in, um, in you know, sort of new customers there. But from the the standpoint of being in the organization, I think too, there's there are so many people who are because of everything that's going on socially and you know from a pandemic standpoint, not feeling connected, not feeling like they're part of anything bigger. I do feel like there are certainly ways that. Work human and the tools that you all offer help that along. Um, I want to mention at least one, which is uh, Mood Tracker, for example. Um, that's one where, you know, Steve and I have always, uh, or at least for many, many years, worked 
from home and from the road. But now that we're expanding a little bit and, you know, it, it's something that we don't always, always talk, talk about, about is what our mood in the organization is even for ourselves. So um, being able to use mood tracker, which I know you've offered up to, um, you know, to people who are interested for free, um, that's been, been a huge game changer. Can you maybe talk about not just mood tracker, but some of the other um, parts of work human that are really enabling remote teams or people who are maybe in transition between working from home, working in a different location? How, how are you seeing your solutions really help people? It was a product that was a year in development, um, and we launched that work human on our work human live stream, um, and it's it's free for everyone, and it's free forever. And um, to you know uh, sign up, unlock new functionality. We've made this promise that the product is free for everyone to use all over the world, no matter how big you are as a company or how small, um, and. Uh, Upsold. For some reason, still don't believe us when we say that. And people are always asking me, uh, even I would say people on my own board, <laughs> there has to be a <laughs> hidden fee somewhere. <laughs> like, where, uh, you know, where, where is the hidden revenue for this, this product? And, um, it, it, but it's true. Um, we've decided that it's good for us strategically to have or to get a pulse on the mood of the organization, the engagement in the organization, and also um, even more advanced things like divert inclusion and, and at, a at a time like this. And they decide over time that they want to use our other product and not to, well, that's fine too. Um, we, we, we want to give this to the world. I kind of equate it to when technology companies open source uh, technology. Sometimes you, you, you're almost just giving back, but you know it'll come back to you down, down the road. So Mood Tracker's had a fantastic um, birth and a huge interest, uh, a lot of uh, companies using it, and we're still innovating in it. We're still investing hugely. We have a great roadmap for it. Um, and it really is, it, it, you know, obviously we started a year ago on this journey for Mood Tracker. We had no idea we were going to be launching it in the middle of a, of a pandemic where everyone suddenly had to work from home. And there was just fear and despair and crisis in in the air so organizations wanted to get a feel for how what the resilience of their workforce uh, was what, what what were those levels you know how how were they feeling through this uh, time period so it was obviously uh, from a product's perspective it was the perfect time to to to, to launch it um, but it's just it, it's just amazing um, how useful it is at, at a time like this. I mean, I think it's, it's worth, you know, talking about the, as you say, the culture, how companies have managed the workforce through a time like this. You know, I, I always remember in April, uh, in the first couple of weeks of the lockdown, the whole world, I mean, you go back to that time and there was so much unknown, so much fear and real despair uh, in, in, in people all over the world. And we were all, we were all uh, subject to that. We, none of us were immune uh, to that worry, a terrible crisis, and worried about our futures, worried about our work, our children, our parents, our grandparents. You know, every, it was a lot of despair. Even the world's uh, you know, most advanced companies, they were also in the exact same boat. Um, and what we saw, though, is our customer, a lot of our customers who are much more modern in how they manage culture, because we've seen how they use social recognition to kind of band people together, to energize them and focus them. 
and ultimately to get the employees to lift each other. That's the secret is they get the employees to take some of the burden from HR to mobilize each other, to have gratitude for each other's work. And in doing so, they lift, lift each other. So they become much more agile, much more energized. And so we've seen in this uh, crisis that um, uh, some of our customers tend to be a lot of these companies in the news. Um, so for example, four out of five of the vaccine candidates that are in trials are work human customers. You know, Johnson & Johnson, Merck, um, uh, Moderna, uh, AstraZeneca. And, and, and that's no, that's no uh, coincidence. These are companies that have a, an incredible culture of agility where they can turn on a dime, a massive workforce, and throw themselves at a big, big problem. And they have a workforce that is, and a, well, a culture. They have a culture that allows for, for that kind of flexibility. Um, and they power that culture with, with, with social recognition and gratitude. And even um, uh, remdesivir, the, one of the, one of the, the only um, sanctioned treatments uh, is from Gilead, which is another work human customer. Cisco wow. is a work human customer. Obviously, WebEx suddenly out of nowhere was one of the most important products in the world. <laughs> we were all, you know, using um, video conferencing uh, technologies. And so even a, a company like Cisco had to turn and, and look to that to, to be able to take an enormous amount of extra usage. Um, but they are so agile, they're so modern, they're so innovative. Um, and one of the things that powers that culture is the employees lift each other. They, they care about each other. And when they do, you know, great, great things can, can happen. So I don't think it's any coincidence uh, that we're seeing our own customers in the news uh, uh, every day. And now, oh, as we've gone through, we've seen, obviously, the usage of our platform, the Work Human Cloud, just skyrocket. As I said, last week was our biggest week of all time. And one of the interesting parts about that is that the sentiment, you know, if you analyze the words, think of like wordles, you know, word mm -hmm. maps of, uh, in messages, uh, in, in recognition awards, let's say. The scent, when you put, you know, natural language processing on those and, you, you know, some artificial intelligence to figure out sentiment by how people describe work, this sentiment has changed from the early days of the crisis to now. In the early days of the crisis, the sentiment was very much, it was crisis uh, sentiment. You know, it was, you know, uh, I, 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 was, I was lost and you helped me. You know, it's thank, thanking others for Herculean efforts in, in a time of fear. And that's what the sentiment was, real crisis um, uh, uh, language. But in the last couple of weeks, it's kind of changed and we're not seeing that as much. Now it's moved on to, um, I would call it like progress. You know, there's, there's more of a, a grind to get, to get work done, to get, to, to get some uh, progress. I wouldn't say back to normality because it's not really normal what we're going through now, but it's more we have work to do. To do. And so the sentiment is about driving, uh, driving forward. And um, that's been very interesting to see. Um, because I think, you know, we're in a world, we still have a healthcare crisis, we still have, you know, uh, uh, you know, a political crisis. And yet, these employees are looking to, you know, when they're in work, they're feeling more hopeful. And, you know, in the context of work and the company, the place where they work, they, they see hope for the future. 
And we see that in the sentiment that has changed in, uh, in the flow, and I would say the much bigger flow of, of recognition. So the crisis has, just, has been immensely um, interesting from that perspective. And uh, we're, you know, we feel like, you know, I explained it to somebody as, um, isn't it great that a company like Work Human is, is, is like a kind of a rocket ship at a time like this? Um, it's better than, you know, bankruptcy lawyers being the ones that are a rocket ship. You know, this is a company that's built <laughs> right. on, on, on positivity. So for a positivity focused com- company to be, uh, to be one of the, you know, shining lights uh, in, at a time like this is a really good thing for, for the world. Um, that it's built on this more hopeful future and uh, more positivity between people. So, yeah, yeah it's, it's, it's been interesting. Eric, yeah, I love the, your observations and what the data is showing you around uh, what you're seeing, a, a bit of a transition, perhaps, in, in how people are thinking about work and the challenges they're facing at work and how they're interacting um, with their colleagues and supporting each other and maybe getting a little more hopeful, getting a little more pro, you know, progress-oriented. I'd love, in that light, maybe I'd love for you to comment a little bit about kind of how you see the second half of the year. We're recording this right, kind of, but the turnover of the second half of calendar, uh, calendar 2020 Kind of how do you see things shaping out both for work human and then uh, with the organizations you're working with, the, your sense from conversations and data analysis, et cetera? How do you kind of see the next few months panning out? Yeah, I think we're in transition, you know, um, the world economy. Uh, think of it like that. You know, it's kind of in, in transition. We've, we, we've, you know, I, I, always, I, I think people do find it hard to remember just uh, what it was like even a month ago um, that, uh, you know, I, I live in Boston. And um, just outside Boston, and in my local town in April, you could go for a walk at any time of the day, and you wouldn't see another soul. Um, you know, there wouldn't be a car on the road. Um, it was deathly quiet, um, and it, it felt like somebody had just pressed pause on the world. You know, it was it was just unbelievable. Um, now it's it's different. You know, obviously we're every you know different places, different countries are at different stages of opening up and going through their own uh, curve. Um, but, it's, but it's past that, um, that, those initial uh, stages. So as, so as we get into the next phase, the most important thing is obviously the bigger macro issues, such as uh, the pandemic and the virus, you know, getting it under, under control um, to, to the point where uh, people can be free to 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 uh, to, to live in the way that we, they used to live with the restrictions around how to keep control of a virus that doesn't have a cure or a vaccine yet. So there's going to be that dampener on on business over the for the rest of this year. But um, if we can move to that point where the economy can still operate, but um, we can we we have enough progress around you know the core tenets of controlling a virus like contact tracing and isolation and um, testing, then the vast majority of people can 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 be back to uh, work. And so I see over the next coming months you'll see different companies do different things as they change. Some people go back to the office. Some people stay at stay at home. And if you've no reason to go back to the office, if you're working fine from home, I see a lot of people are going to just stay at home for the rest of the year. Um, But it will be, it'll feel a lot more, a lot more normal. And we as a company, as WorkHuman, we are still seeing even more interest. So, you know, we signed up $50 million worth of contracts in the first half of this year. And, Mm -hmm. uh, you know, part of that was in, I would say, March through the end of uh, Q2. 
And what was interesting about that is, you know, you're in enterprise sales in a software company and you know you have a normal sales life cycle, you have a normal sales pipeline, and it follows the same pattern over and over again. Um, and what we saw in the last couple of months was a lot of uh, companies and customers that we were dealing with, they actually came to us and said, we want to launch much, much sooner than we said before. So instead of launching in September, we want to launch in June. So yesterday, we launched 30,000 employees across three companies, three new customers um, that were probably going to launch, would have normally have launched later, but they wanted to accelerate the launch. They wanted to get this facility in to help lift our uh, employees. Um, so we saw that as well. So, and, and obviously, you know, from a business perspective, we have an, a lot of uh, customers that haven't launched yet and will launch over the next few, few months through the end of the year. So for us, it, you know, touch wood, if you can hear that over the audio, um, <laughs> we're, we're doing, we're, we're, we're doing uh, 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 very well. And, uh, but, the, but from a macro perspective, and we operate in 150 countries around the world, there's 5 million employees on our platform. For us, it's not about any one country, it's, it's, it's the whole world. We're watching the, uh, the, you know, the opening and closing of economies in different parts of the world and monitoring that and seeing this, uh, patterns happen. happen. And uh, we are certainly in a much better place than we were a month ago. Um, and hopefully, um, we'll have better news out of, out of the US uh, over the next month or two. And then we'll see where we go, go from that. But I think it's about getting mostly operational again in a kind of a slightly new paradigm uh, until the new year. And then we have to reevaluate where we are then. You know, I think you're absolutely right on, on all fronts there. I, I couldn't agree more. I do think that one of the things um, you were talking about in terms of just sort of measuring, not just overall sentiment even, but specifically the resiliency and the level of stress that people are feeling. One thing that strikes me is that that's something that really does change day to day when you're in a situation with either pandemic you're facing, social unrest, political unrest, all of these different factors. I do feel like even personally, it's like a roller coaster for, for all of us, right? As, as things change so rapidly. Um, what would you say to maybe, you know, a practitioner who's out there, who's been, you know, following what your, what work human is up to, and, and they're really wanting to kind of make that business case for their, their CEO, their CFO. Is there anything, you know, for me in my mind, I feel like it's, this is one of those, I used to view it as like, is, is a solution or a supporting um, set of tools a must have or just a nice to have or, you know, sort of thing when I was going mm -hmm. to my CFO or my CEO. I sort of feel like this in the past might have been in that cat category of more nice to have, but I feel like it's kind of jumped over in, in the last few years to the must-haves. What would you say to maybe a practitioner who's, who's just really thinking about, okay, I, I'm on board. How do I get other people in my company on board with this? Well, you know, I think so. One of the amazing things over the past couple of years is, as I said, a few years ago, we hired a data science department. You know, we invested hugely in uh, data science and we've built up an enormous amount of um, research um, in, in different case studies on the power of recognition to affect all 
levels of the you know profit and loss account of a of a, of a company. So being able to increase retention, being able to even monitor diversity and inclusion metrics, you know, just an unbelievable amount of of um, return on investment style data is, is there to uh, to use as as a business case. But it's interesting at the, at this moment though, you know, you'll remember over the past couple of uh, months, I suppose, the outpouring of gratitude for healthcare workers around the world. Mm -hmm. And, you know, people coming out in every city in the world, coming out of their apartments at 8 p.m. and clapping for the healthcare workers, nurses and doctors in local hospitals who are, you know, putting their lives on the line in many cases. And it seemed like the whole world was ready to just give, they wanted to, to express um, heartfelt gratitude for for other people. It seemed like the whole world's mood had moved to ex to a more primal, fundamental kind of emotional base where they wanted to express this kind of gratitude. And so the power of gratitude, you know, when you when you thank somebody, when you uh, they've helped you with a project or a proposal or, um, you know, a, a project has gone extremely well and you want to thank them for that. And you take a moment to, uh, to show them some gratitude, to thank them. Well, what happens is on, on both parties, the kind of, uh, cortisol, you know, the stress hormone is reduced and the dopamine, the, you know, the, the, the positive emotion kind of hormone is increased. You know, that's what the research will show. So the, the, the expression of the, of the recognition, the appreciation for your colleague lifts them. So whatever they did to deserve that, they want to repeat. So productivity goes up. They'll want to model that behavior more uh, because they'll want to receive that more. They want to receive dopamine. They want to receive and reduce their cortisol. Um, but for you, giving the gratitude, one of the, you know, one of the things that most people forget is it has an even more prof profound effect on you. Um, you, take, you have to take a moment you have to get out of your head, you know, whatever the stresses you were dealing with that day, and you have to write a little message to a colleague. And you're a little bit vulnerable in that you're write, writing this, this, this little special message, and you're expressing your gratitude, and it resets your, your mental place that day which has a, a longevity through the day where you're a little bit more optimistic for the rest of the day. You're a little bit more positive for the rest of the day. So you have these two people now who've been lifted, their productivity's going up. And then the third benefit is that the connection between you and that person is deeper uh, because you've, you know, you've shown that authentic kind of honesty and the gratitude that has binded the two of you together a little bit more do that frequently tens of thousands of times across it. and the social infrastructure in the company the relationships around the company all get deeper and relationships is what drives everything from teamwork you know to productivity in, in organizations we do things we achieve things as a team team and so to have deeper te teams deeper connections uh, drives a much more focused culturally agile uh, creative uh, workforce. And so again, that's what we see in this crisis with, you know, all of the top companies who are doing uh, all the breakthroughs from the Cisco's to the Johnson and Johnson's to the Procter and Gamble's, all of these frontline companies that are taking a charge in the, at this time, they're all, uh, they all have an amazing uh, rec social recognition programs. So if you, I was a practitioner, if the CHRO, I would be, um, researching the data 
around recognition programs in peer companies, which is very easy to do. I would then start to sow the seeds that funding recognition programs is a little bit different to other activities. You're not buying something. You're really pay people. You're taking, let's say, 1% of your payroll budget. Mm-hmm. And instead of the manager giving it to employees, you're giving it to all of the employees, this pool of, of value, 1% of global payroll. You're giving it to your employees to give to each other. And you're trusting them to do the right thing with that money. You're saying, you know, when you spot great behavior or good performance, or you just want to say thank you, here is the last mile of, of comp, you know, that last 1%, one cent out of every dollar. Give it to each other. And, uh, and, let's, and we as a management team, the CHRO, the CEO, uh, all of the management, the leaders, we will just look and see what happens. And what happens is you'll find that money, that value will accumulate in certain individuals. The relationships will get deeper. The sense of purpose will get stronger. The sense of mission will get stronger. And the company will just be in a more energized place and be more agile because they'll be working more closely together. They'll have a better team. That's a long-winded answer for a simple question. No, <laughs> yeah, but I'll tell you, know you what, what, we can direct people to that answer, right, when they're trying to build their business case, that's for sure. I was going to say, <laughs> I think, you know what, Eric, is really, it's, it's just another thing I think that makes you really special. It's you've been doing this for so long, you really believe it, but you can actually tell people the value. And I think that that's a big challenge that many providers, not just for HCM technology, but for all technology, you know, people sometimes struggle saying why what they're doing is valuable and boy, you just laid it out. So yes, I think in the show notes, we need to specifically mention that if you need a business <laughs> case for this, it's right there. It's right. perfect. We'll put, that we'll was put the timestamp in as well, yeah, right? So people you. can find it. <laughs> um, hey, just real quick, Eric, before we let you go, I wanted to just say two things. We have, uh, we mentioned Mood Tracker a couple of times, but I wanted to make sure just, I called it out one more time. This episode of HR Happier is made possible by our friends at Work Human who have now introduced Mood Tracker that we've talked about, and that is a free modern voice of the employee tool built by data scientists, making it fast, easy, and actionable to get to the heart of organizational issues. And you can learn more at workhuman.com slash Mood Tracker. And as Eric said, it's, it's out there. It's free to use. We use it in our company. Trish and I and Karen use it, and it's been great. So just want to make sure people have that. And Eric, one last cool thing, because I, it's really kind of a phenomenon, you know, to my reckoning in our, in our space, and that's Work Human Live. I'd love for you to talk a little bit about that, um, that event, that, that movement, and kind of how you've had to transition, like many other events, uh, the live in-person event into some, some other types of uh, digital offerings. And, and what are the plans going forward for that? Well, if you know the plans going forward, please tell me. <laughs> so I, the first thing I would say about Working Human Live is most definitely a very special event uh, to us. Um, it's a, an extremely special event. It was almost like our coming out party as, as a company. Um, we put on this event, which is focused on bringing a bit of humanity to the workplace. Um, on the first day of the first event, which is, you know, five years ago now, um, we were all worried. We didn't know first if anyone was going to turn up and if they were going to turn up, um, what was their aptitude going to be? How, how were they going to, you know, what was it going to be like? I remember walking, because I did the keynote at the start, I remember walking um, to, to the main auditorium uh, to get ready for the uh, keynote presentation and you could feel the energy. There was only a thousand people at the first one. And you could feel the energy um, that the positivity, it was almost like it was a, a time when um, people had wanted to find a place to uh, articulate their long-held views and maybe some more modern 
more innovative views that weren't really accepted in their workplace. And they wanted to get with like-minded individuals. And when they did, it went off. So they were, so the energy was just palpable. And we turned to each other and we said, we're going to be okay. You know, this is going to work out. This is, this is special. And then by the end of that first event, we knew we had a phenomenon on our hands. And then over the coming years, it doubled every year. Um, this year, we had to cancel the physical event. It was, it was uh, meant to be in San Antonio. And um, obviously, we had to cancel it. Um, we were meant to have our first one in Europe. We had to cancel that. Um, that was disappointing. Um, we did our Work Human Live stream, which was like the keynote um, as a replacement, um, which really, uh, really very special. We had many times the attendance to that than we would have had at a physical event because sure. people could just tune in and they didn't have to travel. Um, so that was a unique um, experience. Uh, for the rest of this, so for the rest of this year, I think we're not going to have um, any work human live type events. Um, we, we have to see how things progress um, see people's um, appetite for their, you know, safety for, for, for travel. Um, it's going to be a while in my view. Mm -hmm. Um, okay. So we've, we, we've decided we will review it nearer the end of the year in the kind of September, October timeframe uh, for, for next year. But we're, um, we, we really want to do an event um, because it's just a very special thing for, for us and for the community that goes to the event. Um, but we have to be realistic. So we'll see how it goes. If we don't, um, we will do more of those Work Human Live streams. Um, People, the feedback from that was amazing. Um, and so we will do another one of those. Um, we're releasing um, a, a, a latest book at the end of the year, uh, Making Work Human. So we're really excited about that. Um, and we might try and tie an event around, around that because uh, that's, that's been a long time in, uh, in, the, in the works. Um, so yeah, I, I don't know what to tell you. Um, it's near <laughs> the end of the year, we're going to read it. Um, it, it, it's just the world we live in. We just have to take it each sure. day as it comes sometimes. Um, yeah. And it's a rapidly changing environment. Um, so we'll You know, I'm, I would just encourage anyone who happens to be listening to this podcast to, if they've not checked out the Work Human Live um, on the website, please do so. Because Eric, you're right. It was interesting as you were talking about that very first one. I mean, I've been at several of these over the years and you're right. The energy is different. You know, you're not exaggerating when you say it's, it's a whole, it is a, a different feeling and it's a different movement. And I think it's too, a really unique event. Absolutely. It's extremely unique. And, and again, not just for HR, it's, it's just unique period. Um, I, I would say though that I think that in um, in times like this where you can't have the live and in person event, the the streaming has been really well done. Um, some are not uh, in our space, and so I, I will just commend you for that. Also, I would say watching those it does make you feel like you're part of something bigger. And so even if it's it comes back as as a live event next year or whenever that happens. Um, I, I have to admit, I love the sort of little in-between ones too, because I think that that whole thing, it just grows the community and it really does make people who might not be able to travel anyway, feel that much closer to sort of the, the culture and the, the principles and values that you all have been demonstrating for the last 20 years. And, um, mm -hmm. I think that's really unique in itself. So thank just as a former attendee of several of these, um, just thank you. It's, it's definitely been something where 
I've looked back and reflected on what I've learned there over the years and actually changed the way that I work, which is always a good thing when you can say that after you've been to something. Well, Trish, I seem to remember, I seem to remember at one of the work humans, I did my keynote and uh, I was, I, it was a real, I saw the power of social media. Um, I did the keynote, it went very well. Um, and I came off stage and I, as I was leaving to, I think to go back to my room, I looked at Twitter and I saw you had tweeted about the uh, keynote. And, um, and then I just finished reading your tweet and I looked up and you were there <laughs> in, in, in the hall. And I was like, wow, this is surreal. <laughs> oh my gosh, that's so, it so was, funny. It was a moment that I, I remember because it was kind of like social media and virtual and physical reality all coming at the same time. It was a, it was a, it was a great day. <laughs> so oh, thanks for that. Thank you. Thank you. You know what? It's interesting because with, with events like that, that does happen. You know, oftentimes we're tweeting and we're from home or somewhere else. And, um, and there, you know what? There are definitely, there have been years where I haven't been able to go to, to work human once or twice just because of client commitments, for example. And it's, it's like when you can go online and follow along and, and actually participate, you're still a participant actively in that tweet stream because you're seeing, you know, whether it's slides about the product or whether it's just the overall feeling, or maybe you've, you know, you've had some really memorable keynotes. I mean, gosh, we could do a whole separate show on that, but um, I think it's, it's just, it allows people who maybe are not there for one reason or another, but who really desire to be part of it. It just gives you that opportunity. So it's really fun. And I do like being there in person, obviously, because then I like sharing out what I'm seeing and all the different perspectives is fun. Yeah. All right. Yeah, me too. I, I, it'll happen. I, I think I'm optimistic uh, as well, but you heard uh, it here. Steve Eric, Bose says uh, it's happening. <laughs> It's going to. We're going to get back out there eventually. But um, Eric, just uh, thanks so much uh, for taking the time uh, to be with us today. And of course, thanks to everyone uh, and all the teams at Work Human for, for, of course, supporting us. We're thankful for that, but also just supporting your customers and the community. I mean, I imagine just, uh, you know, Herculean work on, on your end and your teams to, to get new products like New Tracker out to market faster and to just support your millions of uh, users in, in with huge surge in usage, right? That's not an easy task in itself to make sure that all goes smoothly. So kudos to the, the yeah. teams over there as well. Well, thank you, uh, Trish and Steve. It was, uh, it was very enjoyable. Thank you. Yeah. All right. Awesome. Uh, Eric Mosley from WorkHuman. Uh, thank you so much for joining us. We will put links to Mood Tracker and some of the other resources in the show notes as well. Trish, great show, great stuff. You are Twitter famous, which is good to hear. It's good to get yeah. that kind of um, that feedback as well. So congratulations <laughs> on that. Thank you so much. I would like to thank the Academy for the recognition. Uh, <laughs> no, you see there, that, that just shows you how good Eric is. He's good at giving recognition yeah. right there. It, it was nice. <laughs> okay. Uh, all right. We're going to let everybody go. So thank you again, everyone, for listening. Fortress McFarlane, my name is Steve Bowes. Thank you for listening for the HR, to the HR Happy Hour Show. We will see you next time. And bye for now. <laughs>